Warning, this podcast contains explicit language, themes of a sexual nature, and spoilers about something you've probably not seen yet. You've been warned. Come here! Hey kids, it's Wyatt. Thanks a lot for downloading the podcast. I just thought I'd jump in before it kicks off, just to give you a little bit of a warning. We had some problems with the uh, sound uh, due to recording on the fly and in a rather small room, so it does sound like we're recording it from a portaloo. But hopefully after a couple of minutes you'll get used to it and uh, hopefully it won't be a problem. So that's it, I'll let you get back to the episode. Don't forget you can always give us some feedback via Twitter at Friday Night Beer. Go and find us on Facebook and uh, give us a like if you haven't done already on our Facebook page and drop us a comment. And also the Friday Night Beer Club on Instagram. Other than that, I'll hand it over to, um, well, me, really. So here's Wyatt. Hello and welcome to episode 4.5 of the Friday Night Beer Club. It's actually a Saturday afternoon, the day after we've all seen Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice. So we've decided to call an emergency meeting and assemble ourselves together, just have a quick chat about what we thought of the movie. After all... As you know from previous episodes, we've been anticipating this for quite some time now, and we've had plenty of fears and hopes for the movie, um, so we're going to share with you what we thought. So it's just three of us today, um, I'm your host Wyatt, I'm joined by Chris, I'm up and away, and our very own Aquaman, it's Ben. Cock off. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as a result of it being Saturday afternoon, we don't have the usual alcohol-induced uh, waffle for you today. Uh, I'm on a can of Red Bull. Chris is on some fizzy tango orange juice, and Ben um, does. Uh, what do you do? I'm drinking my own piss. Excellent. So the, I can't drink my own piss because it's probably still filled with yesterday's alcohol. Good reference, by the way. <laughs> yes, Granny's peach tea. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a different episode. So um, just a heads up: there's going to be tons of spoilers in this. We're going to talk about the movie in great depth. If you're not interested in Batman vs Superman, so uh, switch off, come back, and we'll see you again next time. Have you gone? Good. Let's go. So we're just going to start off with some initial reactions. Um, I'll do up the dive in first. I bloody loved it. Uh, there was a couple of little niggly bits if I want to nitpick. Um, a few bits that I think might need explaining again, or on second viewing, hopefully they'll come a bit clearer. Um, but overall, I thought it was really good. Uh, Chris? Um, well, I wasn't invested in it as much as you two, but I kind of went in there with an open mind thinking, well, this could be shit, it could be good, I'm, you know, I'm just going to take it for what it is, and I, I think that really helped me, um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, there are a few things, again, as I said, you could niggle with it. I think the one thing I said is, I'm really glad I went to see it at the cinema. There's lots of people going, now I'm going to wait for it to come out on different, you know, on different formats or whatever. I'm really glad I went to the cinema and really went to see it. Would I watch it again? Maybe, probably, but as a two and a half hour cinema experience with a great story, with lots of superhero action, I loved it. Awesome. So Ben, what do you think about it? You know, I, I really, really enjoyed it too. I was very apprehensive going in, um, but yeah, I, I thought it was done really well, really enjoyed it, decent action scenes, and um, what I liked about it most, I think, it really felt like you were watching a uh, comic book movie on the screen, like an actual comic book. It was there were so many framed shots that you could just look and think that just come off the page of a comic. Yeah, that's what I liked about it most. Really, yeah, there was. Yeah. I think there was quite a lot of that seemed to pick up a lot of different 
references from different stories and stuff like that. Um, mm. a lot, obviously, a lot is heavily on Dark Knight Returns. I think the thing that I just, like, it, it springs to mind, it's something that I wanted to say, and I, I said this to a, to a couple of people already when we were discussing the movie, is that Batman is probably the best portrayal of the comic book Batman, I think, yeah. I've ever seen. I completely you, you agree can take, with you. You yeah. can take your Wests, you can take your Adam Burton, Michael Keaton, you can take your Christian Bale. Never really done it for me on the big screen, Batman at all, the character. I love the comic books, I love the cartoon shows, I love the animes, but that Batman, on my screen... Kicking some ass, that was mm. the Batman that I read, that I like. That every time it goes on the big screen, it kind of goes in this really super serious, pondering, dark, staring out into space. And this wasn't. This was Batman with gags. This is Batman jumping around. I love the relationship between him and Alfred. Oh, that really was for me. And it was almost like they were bickering old married couple. Mm. But he made it so much more. Rather than the old, cool, blimey, Master Bruce, don't make me cry, Michael Caine. And Michael Caine's great as Alfred, but... It was Batman for me. It was the Batman that I like. So I know it could be Marmite. A lot of people like the series Batman. I don't. So I like this Batman. So uh, everyone was really saying, oh, Ben Affleck is Batman's going to suck. Didn't suck at all. It was ridiculous. It was the best. I feel so sorry for Ben Affleck. And, you know, the, the, the critical mauling this film has got. You saw his face when on that comic post, but yeah, sad Ben Affleck. Yeah. And it's just like, you poor guy, because you are bloody brilliant in this film. Okay, so seeing as we've got onto the subject of the bat, um, let's get all that stuff out of the way. I, I completely agree, best Batman for me. Um, it makes, even down to the choice of how to do the voice, that just makes all that gruff, where is she, stuff from Nolan and um, Bale just look ridiculous now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, look, look, here's a voice changer. And the, but it was played into it, there was a whole scene actually explaining yeah, it, it wasn't working. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. So subtle, subtle little things. And the, and the choices, um, the best stuff for me was obviously the fighting. The choices that they made, um, I think they took some stuff from the Arkham games. Uh, but using the grappling hook as a weapon. Oh, that was superb. It's, it's not been done before. We've not seen Batman fight like he's supposed to and just crushing skulls. And it, it was the warehouse scene. It's up there with Daredevil's um, corridor scene. Just, oh, it's brilliant. It, 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 absolutely brutal. It's brilliant. I really enjoyed that. Um, everything about it. There was nothing, I have nothing negative to say about Ben Affleck. Batman, no, Bruce no I think uh, for me the Batman scenes were the best part of the film. Mm. I think, Even though I love Superman, the Batman stuff was just brilliant. It was almost like, again. I, don't, I, I thought it. Uh, start again. I thought Zack Snyder actually just wanted to make a Batman film. Really, I, I, it, it, it tended to be. I mean, if you say it's a Batman versus Superman movie, I'd say it's probably seventy percent Bat, thirty percent Superman. Definitely. I don't. Uh, getting on that, I don't. I think. Maybe they shouldn't have called it Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice. It should have because the actual Batman vs Superman there was minimal. Yes. When you look at it, it was the way it was marketed was leading up to this big fight, which I'll get onto the reviews later of what I've read. A, a lot of people are panning it because it wasn't Batman vs Superman throughout the whole movie, and the actual fight itself probably ten minutes worth of screen time, but it was a brilliant fight. Yeah. And I think if it run any longer than that, you would have started getting to that Matrix kind of Asian scenario and just, yeah. Or the end of Man of Steel. Yeah, where it's just constant palming. So had, had it gone on longer, it would have been criticised for going on too exactly. long. I don't think this movie stood a chance uh, with the critics. It, it's just easy pickings for them to pick it to pieces. With Marvel, I think it's 
it, they do that comic book cartoony stuff really well. But if you want the graphic novel stuff, I think you're going to go with DC. And I think a lot of graphic novel fans, what I've seen uh, reactions on Twitter, a lot of people really, really liked it. Yeah, that's what I'm tending to, to pick up. But, uh, you know, the, the thing to say about the Marvel Universe and how it works so well is, you know, Kevin Feige, who's now in charge of Marvel, started on Marvel movies, and they had some bumps along the way with, like, the Hulk movies early on mm. when they first started to try and create this wider universe. And if you look at it as a good first stab at it, you can't really, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a bad movie. This, yeah. is, this is the one thing. Again, I'm not invested in this much of these, so I keep saying this on podcasts a lot, but... It wasn't a bad movie. For two and a half hours or whatever it was in the cinema, I just I just took it all in and I enjoyed it and I really liked it. It didn't it was seem very, like two and a half hours, did no, it? No, and, but it was very very true to the comics. And a lot of what Marvel does well is that a lot of their stuff is very true to the comics. Okay, they give it some kind of dramatic license of, you know, whatever. But it sticks very faithful to storylines that people who read the books are familiar with. And as with this movie, you took strands of various different long-time Batman-Superman stories and kind of melded them into one yeah. to then kind of say, right, well, this is kind of the genesis of how we're going to kick on and how we're going to do this universe. And I quite like that. There are a few things that were forced, but hey, you know, there were a few, you go back and look at those early Marvel movies, there's a few things that are forced in those. And mm. I guess Marvel, because they've had the, the run on DC, that not people are not prepared to give it a chance. And I would say anyone who likes Batman or Superman, go and watch it. Treat it with an open mind and you'll like it. I, I think both characters got served well. Um, I think, like you say, the, the Batman stuff, yeah, it was more predominantly him. And the dream sequences were forced into a way that it's just, okay, here's another reason Batman can have a good fight with Superman, kind of that desert scene. Um, which, watching the movie, when... It's Lois Lane that's being held hostage. I thought, oh, we've been sold a dummy here. That Batman scene isn't going to be a dream. It's going to be real. Batman's going to turn up and save her. But then Superman does, and it's a nice kind of Mexican standoff. And instead of him having a gun to shoot the guy, he just pulls him through that wall. There's, there's so, a middle, that middle dream sequence, I have to concede, is it gets a bit a bit too muddled, where it's like your distortion of reality when he's having a bit of a snooze waiting for the hard drive to yeah. conveniently... Oh, 100%. But it, it was a nice way to be able to plausibly yeah, yeah, include yeah. that sort of stuff in that world. For me, the dream sequences should have been kicked out of the whole film. Right. I, did, I didn't want any of them in there. I thought they were awful. Uh, every time they happened, well, maybe the first one was okay with the Martha, with his mum's tomb. So you actually but, had, that was, um, that was Maggie and Negan from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Or Negan who's yet to show up. Sorry, and, spoilers. And the comedian. Um, the comedian, comedian, but he's Negan. He's oh, he's yeah, Negan. yeah, he's Negan in The Walking oh, Dead, right. yeah. But yeah, comedian was uh, yeah, Bruce Wayne's dad. I had a Polish girl shouting, that Maggie from Walking Dead! But, <laughs> but yeah, I thought the, the dream sequences and the scene with uh, Jonathan Kent, all of that, it just... The Jonathan Kent one was weird. It jarred. All of it jarred. it wasn't a dream sequence, was it? Because he, he wasn't asleep, he was just stood on the mountain and just imagining it in his head. Yeah. Oh, well, he was off to the fortress of solitude. I guess oh, I was like, go on. Oh. And he's just... Oh, oh, it's your dad. Doing <laughs> <laughs> a field of dream speech, yeah. making some like another rock pile, but this time I'm... But it was nice to, for Kevin Costner to turn up. I liked that he was there, it was just the way it was done. If they'd have done another Man of Steel flashback with that scene... That would have been better. Up, that would have been better. I think it was a more convenient way to kind of push Superman back in terms of his motives that he'd gone off and he was doing his own thing and they needed something to quickly turn him back around. So it may be interesting to see if that was 
I, 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 like, think, they, I think the dream sequences showed where the script writers were really lacking. They couldn't find another way to get their point across. So, oh, I'll tell you what this movie needs. It needs another dream sequence here. Yeah. That annoyed me. Um, not enough for me to not, still not like the film, but I really thought the dream sequences were the, needed. The, the only other dream sequence that confused me, but at the same time I really liked, uh, I'll explain why, is... The dream within the dream. Yeah, that was, that was what really confused me. For me, I don't think that was a dream. No, that's I, that, I'm going that way. I'm agreeing. I think but it woke up. Cleared up. Yeah. I think that happened, and then because of the, the electrical power of the speed force being adjusted, that's just not really. Because that was cyborg, wasn't it? No, it was no, it, no, it was cyborg. Like cyborg, I thought. It was definitely cyborg. But then you well, saw Yeah, he had all all, no, all he had the red costume on. No, yeah, he, he had like a mask on, yeah, but it was it was all. No, it wasn't a flash because the flash is agent. No, 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 because the whole thing is he's saying, Have I come back too soon? I've come back too soon. Yeah, I know, but the flash, flash, in the comics, flash runs on that machine to do the time travel thing, yeah? Anyone can pass through it. And I think Flash was operating the thing, and I'm sure that was Cyborg because no, no, he had all he, he had all mechanical stuff. I couldn't on. work what? out who it was at first because then you see Cyborg later on. But I, I was trying to scratch my head going because I, I don't been. know which Marvel era this is supposed to be. I, I took it. I kept going with this, and I took it as Flash because he all had right. a little goatee beard. Um, he had a red costume on, and he said like he was going on about Martha, and I'll come back too soon, haven't I? I'll come back too soon. <clears throat> that for me. And he said Lois is the key or something yeah, as well, didn't he? That really. Uh, thinking about it afterwards, I got quite excited thinking, okay, if that's then so it's either going to be part of the Justice League movie or Flash's own movie where there's a alternate reality where Doomsday wins or Lex Luthor wins, kills off Martha, you get angry Superman, the world's gone to shit, and Flash has to go back in time to warn Bruce Wayne because that follows the um, Flashpoint story yeah. where he has to go back and change everything, because in Flashpoint, uh, Bruce Wayne is dead, and it's uh, Thomas Wayne that is Batman, and everything is just different in uh, the future. Yeah, 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 so with that, I like the idea that they put that little nugget in there. That I liked, I did like that bit in there. I don't think you did him any favours by not, by, by not at least trying to explain it to a, to a general audience. Um, I mean, what confused me, again, because I'm thick and I don't, I'm not so into the DC movies, was <clears throat> that the actor playing The Flash wasn't the, the actor playing the Flash on TV, so I got I got totally confused by that. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's the Flash? Okay, um, fine. But I'd, for that bit, if it is what I think it is, then I think that's brilliant. It's just they need to clear that up a little bit. Of, well, because if it was a dream, how on earth could he dream about something? It, it wasn't, that was not a dream. Um, I, I don't think that was a dream. But he just, he just woke up as if it was a dream. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd say the temporal disturbance would have knocked yeah. him out. And that, that's what I'm going to go with. Um, but but you no, know, moving on with like things that are slightly unresolved that we're not too sure about. The the, the one thing about the, the other big question I had with it was they never actually explained to you. Not that it may be necessarily be needed, but they, uh, to me they never explained what um, Diana was actually doing, fannying around doing her own kind of investigation. No, she stuff. didn't have any kind of exposition or backstory. She was I trying to get that photo, wasn't she? That was it. Yeah. And but I, it was never, you know, it's kind of like, oh, what was she actually doing for all that time? Why did she, like, give up? Why was she going on a plane? And where was she going? And why did she decide to, you know, oh, okay, you know. The, I don't think it was needed for that movie. Obviously, she's going to get a solo movie recorders shooting now, so... Well, you have to shot with her and Chris Pine in well, the shot. In nice I, yeah. I like that. It's very Captain America kind of style, yeah. but... Um, yeah, I don't. It probably would have got too cluttered if she'd have had her own agenda <clears throat> explained. 
Well, oh, there was already way too much in that film anyway. It was nice that yeah. he kind of left it a mystery, really. Again, going to go back to what we said before, issues with how much we saw in trailers meant that a lot of what happened in that movie didn't have the impact it could have. Yes. The Wonder Woman stuff, maybe in the trailers, they could have just shown us that photo and just that be her introduction in the trailers. And then that whole, when she turns up at the They end, shouldn't have shown that scene. Would have been ten it would have had a cracking impact. And she was, she was brilliant. Mm. She was a really good Wonder Woman character, you know, really kicked ass. Mm. Mm. I'm looking forward to her, uh, her solo movie even more now. Cause, yeah, really impressed. Well, from what we've seen from the um, Kevin Smith show that was on a little while back, wasn't it, with, with some clips from the stuff that was going on, yeah. the, the Wonder Woman footage that actually showed me, maybe even more convinced, going, actually, I know I'm going to like that, I, I'll enjoy that. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, that, again, with the reaction with Affleck being cast as Batman, the reaction for her was, was vicious as well. And they were, everyone was like, what are you doing? That, I think that's just, so DC are going to have to go through now, is just everyone will hate everything that you say and do. And it's going to be, this is more... For the fans, I think these movies, it's not your general wide audience. I think a lot of average cinema goers might go and see this movie, and because of the slow first hour, they'll probably start to lose touch with it. A bit. But it, but it then you know they say that first hour was slow, and other people it forget to me, slow. and I didn't think for me, it was slow. For me, for me, that first hour was was brilliant. Yeah, but it was fine for me to set the scene. And it's one of those ancient ones where films seem to go seem to go faster than you think they are. Yeah. I wasn't really looking ever looking at the watch going, no, no. hurry up, come well, on, get on a bit. I think it just that people are going to go in expecting a whole movie of Batman and Superman fighting each other oh, all know. over the town, yeah. which it wasn't. But yeah. it didn't need to be. Um, the other big concern I had going in, as we mentioned before, was Doomsday. And I would just like to apologise. Doomsday was one of the best bits in that movie. I loved all of it. Yeah. Um, as Where soon as he popped up and Superman punched him, and I was like, oh, this is fucking brilliant. <laughs> and yeah, it was a CGI porn fest, it, and, but it wasn't overblown to me. It, it, I, I loved it. Where mm. is his sausage? I thought that'd be dang yeah. lovely. Yeah. You know, he likes a nice thing dangling yeah. around in the, in the film. Yeah, I don't think we need Dr. Manhattan's like that's, that's coming on the R rated version. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's why it's R rated. There'll, there'll be a whole bonus featurette on how they managed to get the animator swim. I liked how Superman stopped him hitting Luther. Yeah. Yes. And they didn't try and get Batman involved. He stepped aside and just did what he could by evading him. And didn't do anything stupid like try and punch him or. It was all those people complaining in the trailer going, why's Batman got a gun? And it was like, it was quite nice that he actually established the reason why he was having one. It's just unfortunately they only had one shot of the three of them together, which he had to use in the trailer. But you mentioned the shot of the, tra- yeah, the trailer with Batman having a gun. Batman used a real gun. Yes, he did. Batman killed people in this film. Who cares? When he, when he got the guy in the truck... <laughs> Batman thought, doesn't kill people. Yeah, when, when, there's the sequence yeah, where, he's, no, where he's in the Batmobile and he's chasing after uh, the kryptonite and he, there's that guy in the cannon and he takes the car out. And I went... Well, that guy's definitely dead. He just killed that bloke. <laughs> and that's my personal way. Batman doesn't kill people. This is and another thought. Batman, I think. Uh, like, I thought it was going to be like the 18, where he used to be like the 18, where they're like getting blown up in flames and then they suddenly the camera cuts them getting up and going, oh, <laughs> like one... No, no, he did. This <laughs> <laughs> throws him into a pile of cardboard boxes. <laughs> well, I think this Batman is... Um, I took it that this is a guy that... Obviously, with the um, sex trade stuff at the start, yeah. um, he brands the guy, punishes him kind of thing, tortures him, but leaves him for the cops. The other guys, 
have stepped it up. They've got their mini guns and stuff, so he's kind of like, right, okay, if you're going to step it up, I, would have, I have to take the appropriate action. You know, yeah, his Batmobile had bullets but, on it. <laughs> it. But he is surrounded by, what, eight vehicles with just hailing bullets everywhere, and the the end game of what could happen with Doomsday and stuff like that and getting the kryptonite, he sees it as this kryptonite has got to stop this alien. That's his mission, and okay, no one's going to get in the way of that. That's his motive for the movie, isn't it, that he's, he's now slightly scared of the fact that there's this alien which could possibly take over the world and kill everybody if he chose to. And that whole, you know, lines from Jeremy Irons, which he used in the trailer quite well a lot of the mm. film, which is kind of saying how, you know, Batman's getting a bit more desperate and more more angrier, angrier at, yes. the, um, at what's going on. But I completely, knowing you pointed out getting really, at first, because when I saw the film, I wasn't thinking, well, I was thinking about it, hang on a minute, but I just thought it was like going to cut to a shot of the bloke getting up and up on my head or something. But it's then the bit where he grabs the gun and he starts yeah. um, shooting people in that in that other sequence. So I was going, oh, okay. I mean... Depends how big you are about it, really, isn't it? I mean, we've been comic book nuts, so we are going to take issue with the fact that Batman's carries up to kill people and he's killing people in this film. But to the average, you know, cinema guy, are they going to really notice or pay attention to that? I think so. I, 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 I bought into why Batman, his motivations. Um, the first 20 minute opening scene of how they kind of. Oh, but look, from, Man, from Man of Steel, Man of Steel. That, that was excellent. It's great, it's done really well. Um, and yeah, you kind of you really did buy into Bruce Wayne um, and why he feels the need you've got to stop this alien, and that's all he sees him as is just this alien that could destroy us all. Mm. Um, they also killed Jimmy Olsen off in this film. I didn't. Yeah, find, yeah I, found that I didn't realise that was Jimmy. No, no. It was just uh, it was just in the credits. Yeah, that's just a little nugget, maybe an Easter egg thing. But it's, it's not really though, Jimmy Olsen because he's an FBI agent. Uh, or he's yeah. working for the CIA. It was all a bit weird. I didn't, I didn't see the I point didn't realise it was. I thought it was Jimmy Olsen at first. And I thought, no, it can't be because he's just shot in the head. Oh, there's a guy with a camera. <laughs> oh, yeah, it must be Jimmy Olsen. Because <laughs> they set it up in Man of Steel that he, Jimmy Olsen's out of picture and it's Jenny Olsen. But then, then in the credits for Man of Steel, she's not Jenny Olsen. She's Jenny something or other. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I think many people think, I mean, we haven't really discussed um, Lex Luthor yet in the movie. He's been slated quite I was a bit. I'll save that for a little bit. But, yeah. yeah. Right, very next uh, for me didn't do it for me really uh, unless this is when once you get to the end and he's in the uh, prison if that turns him into a more darker character well, oh, he was pretty sinister well, he, he didn't come across as sinister but well, he, he was, was very clever and very sinister very cool. it was a very different take on Alex Luthor but so I didn't have any issues with him Alex Luthor Alex Luthor, yeah. He yeah. gives the speech in the um, in the library thing in a, at the party, yeah. where he basically just gives away his entire motives. So I got I got that, but maybe I'm just reading into to it as what he was saying about you know him being annoyed at the fact that he's got all the knowledge, but he hasn't got the power, and truly what he desires is is the power, yeah. and, uh, and that's where I sort of read it from. Interesting, they said because they said a lot of some critics saying he, they wanted to be trying to play the Joker, and they said they actually tried to base the character on. <laughs> On, our, on your dear friend Max Landis, <laughs> which, funnily enough, then Max Landis did a video on um, YouTube last night, his review of Man of Steel, oh. which I was laughing my head off at, oh. the fact that you could tell he was felt really insulted by the fact that some actor had based his portrayal of Let's Looper on him. Oh, we didn't like it. <laughs> no, that's it's stuff Landis, I don't, I don't like him. Sorry, Isn't Landis. his Superman books all right, though? Yeah, I just don't like his opinions. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good wrestling, I guess. Well, I, 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 even though you know it wasn't your classical Lex Luthor, um, 
you still hated him by the end of the film and you wanted him to get his comeuppance and so in that respect I think he did it I think, I think right. that his, they did the right thing with doing it that his plan was so diabolically bad but it actually gave you the motive because you know Clark Kent Bruce Wayne Superman Batman when you call them they're quite intelligent guys quite powerful you know very heroic and there's no real motive for the two to actually have a scrap is there let's be fair yeah. you know both you know well okay that they, they tried to play the whole thing that Batman's worried that he could take over the world, so that's where, where it's getting him from. But you'd have thought, you know, actually, if we sit down and have a chat about it, they'll probably find out we get on quite all right, and so, as, as they did. Yeah, uh, so he, he had to gear it so that they couldn't sit down and chat about it, and he, had to he pushed Superman them to that point him. where, yeah. Well, no, I thought that we, we kind of called it, with the, uh, going back to Ham's question about Batman versus Superman who winning a fight, and one of the ways to beat Superman is manipulation of Martha... Kent and Lois kind of thing and yeah. using Martha Kent when that happened when he had the timer and he explained that bit I was like brilliant I really bought into that because yeah. I was wondering what's going to be the thing to make Superman actually agree to fight yeah because he doesn't need to and and in the trailer I was like how did they how did they make him kneel? How is why is he kneeling? And you know, that's completely. See, I thought you two were going to be really worked. upset by the fact that he got his ass whopped. Well, no, but actually, if you look at the two between the movie and who came out, that lot of my opinion, or when I, you know, with my eyes of seeing it, it's the two characters. The Superman comes out as a bit of a pussy. Well, no, no, it doesn't come out as a pussy because you could tell he held back. Now, Superman got his fair share of digs in at the start of the fight and the part where he puts his hand out to his chest and just literally goes like that oh, that's and fucking sends him flying and then also it's not until the, he's been hit with the kryptonite gas that Batman even that, stands a chance after the first one he, the first kryptonite gas goes off he gets thrown through the wall and then you see him kind of breathe in and realise that's wearing off kicks fucking Batman's ass again and then that look of, as after the uh, helmet's been broken that look of fear in Bruce Wayne's eyes of like Shit, he's going to do me some damage now. And he's quickly fumbling around to get the canister yeah. out. I liked that. And yeah, okay, for me, it was hard to see the bit where he's he's, he's dragging Superman along um, on the rope. But I, I, I was happy with the fight. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, we haven't really mentioned much about Superman and how he was treated in the movie. My only slightly disappointed bit was the montage. I knew there was going to be a montage of him just rescuing people. I would yeah. like that one a sequence, full, like, like the aeroplane scene from Superman Returns, something like that one full sequence. Of him doing a... Yeah, just to, just to well, do you a kind of, you kind of got that at the start with Lois. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, it was just little tidbits rather mm. than... But then again, it's not a Man of Steel movie. It's no. Batman's... I, d- I did love so. that scene with Lois in the in the African desert. You know, yeah. that that bit of the... the when, the, guy, when the guy's got the gun to her head, she's gripping the guy's arm... Superman stood there and there's just that little bit of eye contact and you just see her completely relaxed and she's like, God, yeah. do your stuff. And she knows he's going to be there for whatever. I felt um, the relationship in this film as well, really, it, you, you believed it. I like this. I, I felt in Man of Steel, even though they got on and stuff, when he when he kissed her in the in the desolate wasteland scene, I was like, why are you kissing her? I, I, I didn't feel that there was that emotional energy. Probably the chance, though, I probably oh yeah, but but whereas in the uh, in Batman v Superman, the relationship I, was I a lot more scene, rounded and, and it really worked when he came home from work, just like a normal. The his Clark Kent is very very different from what you'd expect because there's no. I think being real, he is hench. He is a 
buff Clark Kent. There's no getting away from that. And so him playing it... I thought we it's cut. No. Cut. <laughs> he is cut. And there's no real... I don't think it'd be plausible to be that Christopher Reeve-style no. Clark Kent of the fumbling, bumbling... But that's the thing, person. he did it so well that that character has been, you know, firmly established for so long mm. that that's what, what you've got to be like. Um, he's not like that in the comics, though, is he? He's not, no. he's not bumbling... But I th- they didn't put much emphasis on Clark being Clark. He, you know, he, he, he was there in places, but there wasn't a lot of Clark Kent for him to do. And if you take it back to the previous film... I think he turns up as Clark Kent of the day he played the last scene on the last scene of the movie. So yeah, it's the very really last scene, really isn't any, it? They haven't really had any time or probably didn't pay much thought to it because you can't spend time with him bumbling around as Clark Kent no. because there's too much shit going on to fit into but, two and a half hours. Yeah, I, um, other bits I really, really liked uh, during the Doomsday fight, the nuke going off. Yes. And then getting the wasted nuclear Superman hanging in space. That's from All Star Superman. Yeah, and yeah. I, I love that. Just seeing that, and then and regenerating with the, the eyes lighting up. That was wicked. I really like that. Again, going back to the Doomsday fight, I enjoyed that whole fight. Yes, it was. And then as soon as he said, "I love you," I was like, I just grabbed Pete's arm. I was like, "Oh no!" And I think we've mentioned it before of going that way with the death of Superman. Hard as it was to kind of, it was a hard ending for me because it wasn't that super. It was the first one that's not ended with Superman flying around the planet yeah. for that sweeping shot. It, they, they killed him off. Um, obviously, you get the dirt gravitating at the end. Yeah. Just as you're kind of little Christopher Nolan. That, touch. that was the money shot, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. That was it. Look, he's coming back. We all know he's going to come back. Um, but it was a good payoff at, at the end, at, just so you can get. A switch, so it's now Bruce Wayne that's going to assemble the Justice League, um, rather than being the anti-hero who doesn't really want to be involved with his other guys. And his line of "I failed him in life, I will not fail him in death." I was like, brilliant! I love that. I feel feel like that's the way they had to go, though. I think um, if you look at all the the big Justice League stories, the majority of the time they have to get Superman out of the picture for there to be a decent fight and a lot of. a lot of um, shit. What's the word I'm looking for? You know, when you're jeopardy, right? That sort of thing. Um, well, I wonder if yeah, to feel like jeopardy, you can't have Superman around because he. It's often in the, in those comics, you know, everyone's in danger, shit's going down. They have their little victories and stuff. Then Superman turns up near the end yeah. and kicks up. Well, that's what I, I have a feeling that maybe the Justice League movie, the first half. First three. Yeah, I doubt Superman, Superman will be in it. It will still be Superman, maybe regenerating him. Is he signed up life. to do it anymore? Yeah, he's yes. got an eight movie contract or something. And so. it will be something will happen for the final act, and he'll essentially do what Wonder Woman did and just turn up at the end and kick some fucking ass. But I would rather he just turn up and kick some ass. I don't want to see him throughout the film mm-hmm. if they're going to if they're going to work it that way. If they did, like, if they did, a, if they did a sequel to like another Batman Superman movie, the, the one story that comes to mind, which I always thought. Probably one of my favourites is the Public Enemies mm-hmm. story, where is it? Elects his president and he makes them outlaws and puts a bounty on their heads, and everybody turns up to try and. Well, that will never happen because now I think plausibly with Lex being in prison, he's never going to be in the power to become president. I don't think. Yeah, I can't um, see that happening. And, and, and other scenes, the um, courtroom scene. Brilliant. Uh, I called that wheelchair scene. Well, actually, I, I, well, I got it slightly wrong. When we were in the cinema, I needed the wheelchair, and then it kind of looks to me. I said, I bet that wheelchair's got kryptonite in it. I thought it was going to have like a kryptonite bullet 
I did this. guy with a kryptonite bullet in. companion's ear in the cinema. I said, I bet it's got kryptonite in. I was expecting it to actually just be more um, the guy would testify, say stuff against Superman, and that would be the catalyst. Because I was expecting at some point to, for everyone to turn against Superman. Even though there was, there, it was like a 50-50 split, I think. Uh, some people that support him, some that weren't. But I thought that was going to be something that would push Superman out, um, being outcast from everyone. But then when you get the Granny's Peach tea... Yeah. I love that. That was brilliant. It's great. It, and I was, it, it just took... I, I was slow on the uptake of that one. And I was just thinking, okay, is it poisoned tea or something like that? Then I realised, that's oh, just a jar of piss. Mm. And that's just completely thrown her. But the reaction of Superman after that was brilliant. I wasn't looking for it. Yeah. I, should, I should have seen that. But obviously he's just too self-centred. He's still learning. He's yeah. still learning and he's too self-centred, just concentrating on just kind of defending himself in that courtroom. Yeah. And not... He should, He knows he should always be looking for danger and protecting these people at all times. Yeah, I think that, that courtroom scene or the Senate room scene, I, th- I felt that felt like cells of a comic book more than any other part of the film the shots it was frame shot frame shot frame shot and you could just imagine going from one cell of a comic book to another yeah. to him suddenly looking at the wheelchair and before he could do anything just boom and then the shot of him stood in the flames afterwards just like should have seen that sort yeah. of thing so Zack Snyder likes that he's very good yeah. visually uh, Zack Snyder's brilliant yeah. the only issue with him is he then starts falling into the Michael Bay territory of destructo porn which kind of to me gets a bit and it was very interesting how they blatantly cut to a line saying, it's uninhabited, <laughs> just for the fact. Yeah, they, yeah, they did that twice in a very short amount of time. that is, then, man, look, we, we can't have this again. Yeah, but it wasn't needed. No, it wasn't needed. You know, and it was just like, oh, look, here's, here's a way we can answer, let everybody know that there's not going to be many people hurt here. And it's like, why would you do that? It kind of brought me out of it a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that, that courtroom scene was brilliant. Um, any other little nitpicks anyone has? I've got lots. Of, uh, I did a I did a plus and minus uh, or positives and negatives list last night. Well, let's, let's get the negative stuff um, away, and then we can just back. I had I had loads of negatives. Even though I loved the film, I've got more negatives than I had positives. Right. Uh, I think we've already we've already listed off a few. Batman killing people. Um, it didn't bother me that much, but you know, if you're going to go down the line, Batman's never killed anyone. And all of a sudden, he's well, just killing he, people, and there there he, wasn't really any. It's usually he, he he doesn't stop them from dying, does he? He, he, no, he won't. No, he won't kill them with his own hands, but he won't save them. Yeah. At the same time, I, I'd already mentioned that I thought there were far too many dream sequences. Yeah. Uh, Chris just mentioned the the hand dialogue of oh this island is uninhabited it's okay or he's on top of this building luckily it's home time and everyone's gone yeah. <laughs> everyone there's not many people about to get hurt today it was all a bit uh bit much uh, i did feel like trying to cram way too much into the story um i'd love to have lost the dream the majority of the dream sequences from the film i'd have liked those just to be actual they could have swapped the desert scene um, for just an actual Batman just fighting another criminal. Yeah. Thing, just something like yeah. that. Yeah. bat action. But I think that was more. I know it was him seeing Superman yeah. as a threat still. Um, I would have been very happy for them to have not had that section where she watched the Justice League videos. I don't know how you that feel was about very that. It felt like it completely jarred the flow of what was happening in the film. It suddenly, it, it, long, it, yeah. it was ramping up, ramping up, ramping up. Oh, here's Wonder Woman sat here watching some also, she YouTube just videos. Got, she just got the message when he was, he was in the middle of a party towards <laughs> Batman's fight and Superman. Hold up, don't punch me for a second. I've just got to send a text yeah. from Wonder Woman. Oh, whilst <laughs> I like those videos, yeah, I, I didn't want them there. Definitely not at that part of the film. Well, I, I, it I, felt I, wrong. The, 
the, the videos on, on, on their own, I really liked the Cyborg one. Yeah. Um, the Eggman one, it was something underwater, and he looked. And he sat, point, he stood there just looking at the camera for ages. Like, we'll do you've got, something. You've got to remember, though, all the girls like him as much as Cable, don't they? He's yeah. like, kind of, mm. their um, eye candy, so he had to be lingering about for his muscles and his tats. But for a guy that lives underwater, it didn't look, he didn't look comfortable underwater. He no. was squinting, just trying to keep his eyes open. Yeah. But it's not, the, the bit where he then just kind of uses his trident and then does the kind of sonic boom underwater, I thought that was pretty cool. Yes, that was cool. The Flash, I love him. I enjoyed that. I thought uh, his little kind of um, uh, drugstore robbery. Yeah, was they, good. They, were, they were all cool little videos. They shouldn't have been in the film very, at that point. Very scruffy Barry Allen, though. If at all. Yeah. I just thought they started, I think they, confu- they would confuse audiences. Like, as I said, I'm quite a casual person, but I would have been, I keep expecting it to be Flash from the TV show, so mm. it didn't kind of make sense to me as a different Flash. Well, then that's just something that unfortunately you guys have to get over. I'm going to be happy with it a lot. I, I think just seeing the files with the metahumans there, that was all that was needed. Yeah. There's the sim- there's the flash symbol. You know, everyone would have noticed the flash symbol. They might not have known the others, but everyone would have noticed the flash symbol. On the symbols, so Lex Luthor's created those symbols. Yeah. Quite convenient that he's uh, already created Wonder Woman uh, symbol, Aquaman symbol. Yeah. And also... Well, Wonder Woman's, he, it would have been from... There was that symbol, or that would have been there. He would have seen that so, on, on that picture, so wouldn't he? Has he named these people... Well, no, it is the Flash. It, it, we don't know whether the Flash is they actually the Crimson um, Streak or something, isn't it? Streak Crimson Blur or something like that. Um, but I thought it was more of a prick tease. You know, we keep talking about that, but it was more of a prick tease to say, look, we got these, we got these new badasses coming along. Look at, look, hey, look, ladies, look at, we get a like Aquaman. I thought, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's kind of where it was. Where I thought the videos were good. It's just, yeah, it was quite jarring. That that scene just felt longer than it needed to be with uh, watching all those videos in one. Yeah. Um, but tying into that as well with Lex kind of finding out all this information, when he goes into the Genesis chamber and drops off um, the model Zod, or, or Zoddle, if you want to yeah. call him, which was a quite good-looking... Well, how much Michael um, Shannon got paid just to basically... No, just, there's a model. Basically, no, you did go back to... He did, a, he did a couple of shots, yeah. The, the, one, the one where he's dropping... But the one where he's dropping them in was... That's, that's a model. Yeah. Um, but how does the Genesis Chamber have all of that information? This is... I think you're really picking... Uh, it's not the Genesis Chamber having it, it's the ship's computer. No, the ship's computer. But how does that have all the information about Clark Kent? It had all the information yeah, about that, that everything, been, didn't it? That, no, but that would have surely just been because that that was that. Yeah, yeah, but that no, but that was the ship that um, Jarrell was on. That Clark went and yeah, got his then, suit from and everything. So surely that would have stored the information after that. Yeah, well, it's, it's a film about a man who flies. It's a film about a man who flies. I didn't. I didn't yeah, have yeah, any yeah, yeah, having that I, knowledge. I just but. found that a jump in the shark kind of he can get all the information. But now, does this mean that Lex Luthor knows? the identities of every single yeah. justice. But no one believe him because he's mad. Um, and I liked um they didn't have they didn't have to explain why Superman knows who Batman is. Because obviously you can see straight through the mask. Um it would have been nicer for that first encounter to last a little bit longer. Yeah, um, but it works quite well. I like the whole fact that he could hear Alfred is headset and uh, that that scene. I like that. I like that. Um, he's like, I had a minute. But when he t- when that he first meets, encounter was brilliant. The first encounter when he's, it's when he, it's, that's in one of my favourite scenes of the film, actually. Mm. The whole Batmobile chase after that van was brilliant. That Batmobile is the best Batmobile. Mm. It, it's, a, what was it, a cross between the Tumbler and, like, you know, one of the sleeker earlier Batman yeah. cars. 
That was awesome, that car. That was a good car. I, I did have one one other negative. Um, oh, two other negatives, actually. Uh, Batman's origin story. We do not need to see a young Bruce Wayne and his parents getting killed again. I thought they kept it minimal, though. You don't need... They didn't keep it minimal. It started they started the film with it, and then you'll go back to it as well. I didn't. I didn't have a problem with it. it I don't like it. Batman's origin I story. I just presume they were filming in Atlanta, and like The Walking Dead were filming down the road. And we went, <laughs> "Hey, do you want to come over and do like like a day's work? Like we'll pay you double." Well, okay. But it was, you know, like, yeah, but I, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was alright. Um, yeah, the only thing that took me out of it, and then I suddenly realised it was a dream sequence. Is only obviously the bats set him up to fly, and I was just like. Oh. And the opening was going, oh god, here we go, it's going to be one of them films, is it? Mm. <laughs> I was so surprised that it would. But once you realised there were dream sequences and then things started to get a bit trippy and weird, you did. Because like, when the dream sequence, well, I know we, oh, sorry, I'm going back to the dream sequences, yeah. they were a bit trippy. So you're like, hang on a minute, why have we gone back here? Or what's happening? Where, where's Sunny? Why is Batman suddenly in the bloody desert? I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, <clears throat> it was a. Like, I, I, well, I, I could have done that, that. That point got hammered in the reviews as well of just the origin. They're saying they, they try to, uh, the way the reviews have described everything is in negative terms. So they're saying they've tried to shoot all too much in, too many origin stories, too much setting up for the next movies. But DC are coming to this game very late compared to Marvel now. And even with Marvel, the second Avengers with Thor's bubbly jacuzzi lightning things and stuff like that, that movie was riddled with setting stuff yeah, up. Yeah, that, that, that was, was a bit, it became a mess. I didn't, I didn't like Avengers he, 2 that much. I, he, you know, it was, well, Avengers 2 was essentially Avengers 1. It was the same movie that still going out after Loki's pokey stick and all that sort of stuff. Um, and their shallow villains. Um, but that was more plausible for everyone. That was more kind of, we love Marvel, so we'll let that stuff slide. Whereas with DC, we hate you. Oh, I don't, I don't. I don't know whether it's to do with that. I think it's because we're very invested in comic books and we know the stories and we established it. And I guess critics come at it and they say, we take it for what it is as a piece of filmmaking. I think there's always going to be that point that because we like those characters, we're familiar with those characters, we already have this certain pre-knowledge that we've got going into these movies about these characters, their relationships and what they do. Mm. But we kind of take things that normally, you know, your average film critic would nitpick at we have to take it as face value because we're familiar with those themes or those ideal, you know, the ideologies that are presented in the screen. So I guess yeah. there's that. If you're an average cinema goer, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I would be interested to hear what people who don't necessarily have fuck all, excuse my French, to, with anything to do with Batman or Superman. See what you they can say that if you're Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I'd be interested to take someone like Joe Bloggs off the street who's not really got that much familiarity with the characters well, and the I, ideas. I took my mum and dad last night. Oh, okay. Um, you know, well, they obviously don't read <laughs> comics or anything. They, they know the films and that's it. And they loved it. They thought it was brilliant. Well, there you go. Yeah. Which, it's, it's always like, the, every, like lots of people had already instantly made their mind up that this film was going to fail. It's like we took those trailers and we took everything. You know, like all the negative, you know, even like the negative feelings on the podcast the last few weeks back, everybody's taken that feeling and going, oh, God, it's going to be terrible or it's going to be terrible. And then the first critics come out who don't like superhero movies because... Effectively, superhero movies now are like the new, you know, our equivalent of the Western, that there's just so many of them being churned out with regularity that they want to kind of knock them. Anything that's got, you know, a few issues with it, they'll use that as a stick to poke the whole genre with. Mm-hmm. So I, I went in there with that, I keep reiterating it, but I, I didn't know what to expect. I thought, oh, this could be terrible, but I'll go with an open mind. I'm not that worried. And, and it, it was a good two and a half hours, and I can't keep saying it, but. I, I can't say to anyone enough who is this podcast. I mean, I'm sure people, most people who listen to this podcast have kind of seen it anyway. But 
go and, go and watch it. Go and two and a half hours of time at least. Like, give them the money so that they might make a sequel and then things can get better. Oh, they're they're, they're, they're going to make their money. Yeah. This is, I think, um, record for, the weekend. Yeah, it's, it's beaten yeah. the Avengers for uh, taking so far. So it's going to make its money, as we knew yeah. anyway. So this is a success. Simo, go and see it. You'll mm. like it. I, I think with the, um, with the critics' reviews, how many film critics do you think read comics? Because I think what Zack Snyder's made there, it's not a cohesive film. What he's made there is a comic book on the screen. He's made a live-action comic book. Yep. Now, for anyone who reads comics, you can sit there, take in all of that, and it felt it felt like a comic book. Yep. And it, you, you, if you read comic books, you can sit there, you can watch it, and take it all in, and it kind of made sense. Yep. I think, yeah, but the... Well, how many comics have you read that are jumbled as well? And I, I'll be honest, sometimes I've read a comic, Days of Future Past, took me a couple of reads to really get that in, because it, that jumps back of the board. That Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah Watchmen as well. But then, you know, sometimes I've been reading comics and thought, oh, I'm getting a bit lost here, I might just have to kind of review what I've already just read. So That's basically you know, every Spider-Man book. But cinema, these critics have said, all that Zack Snyder has done is throw loads of shit at the wall to see what sticks. And that's kind of what comic books do. It's very, very harsh opinions. It, it is. It was. It was very, very harsh from a lot of critics. I, I, I think um, that if DC wants to get good reviews from film critics, they're going to have to dump Snyder, and they're going to have to get a different filmmaker. Well, in. that's the point. You know, you, see, this is frustrating. We've got these critically acclaimed movies, and shock horror. Batman Begins does nothing for me. It's long, ponderous, boring. We fuck all Batman in it till nearly, you know, predominantly to the end. I really like The Dark Knight Returns, but that was more because it, it was a thriller that had superheroes in it, if you get yeah, it. It's a different yeah. concept, so that's fine, which is critically acclaimed. And then you've got The Dark Knight Rises, which was fun. You know, it was a fun movie, but that's about it. But it's that stigma, it's that thing of Nolan that, that DC predominantly made these, like, really classically claimed serious films. And the Guardian's got an article on the fact that how when all the superhero movies have died over massive ass in, you know, 10, 15 years' time, critics and filmmakers and films will go back to watch this known trilogy as like a perfect superhero film. And it, you know, I'm, I read, well, I've been reading comic books for well, longer than I can ever imagine, and the known trilogy, blasphemy, I don't care what you say, does absolutely nothing for me and for Batman. And then I went to the cinema yesterday and I saw the Batman that I read in comics for 20 years on my screen doing the things that I read him do year in, year out, and that was perfect for me. Yeah. So Yeah, it was brilliant. You know, brilliant that, that, but that's, that, that's my opinion. You know, I love people who like their classic Nolan movies, but... So are we done with niggles or have you got any more? Yeah, no, no more yeah. niggles. I mean, even though I did have a lot of niggles, I, I will state I, I still absolutely love yeah, the film. Does. Yeah, I agree. There's nothing that detracts from how much I enjoyed the film. It's just little niggles that, to be honest, could probably be ironed out on my second viewing. So, yeah. Um, Monday. Yeah, Monday. Do that. Do that again. <laughs> um, uh, little things I liked. Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, um, you had a decent Bruce Wayne, and you also had that little moment when um, Lex Luthor's assistant, yeah, who he he he, 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 he quite happy just to blow up in, in the uh, yeah. Um, but when she finds him, and he does the drunk Bruce drunk Wayne. playboy kind of Bruce Wayne, I, I, I yeah. like that. It's nice really like that. Um, any other good bits you liked? Um, we I think we've 
They're probably <laughs> discuss them all now. Yeah, love the Batmobile. I love Batman. Uh, the whole sequence where he had to save Martha was superb. I don't know why. Never crossed my mind before that both Batman's mum and Superman's mum were called Martha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I was like, oh! This is our common ground. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you, bro. <laughs> I came out and speak, speak to my mate, and he was like, I never got the Martha thing. Yeah. Tweeting, and they show you Martha Kent, loads of her headstone and stuff. Oh, Martha, Martha Wayne. Yeah, yeah, Martha Wayne, and they're just showing you that all the, all the time. It's in your, it's in your face. Um, I'm just thinking, so it's popped to my head, thinking out loud, but again, I would really like to know Simo's opinion on this, mm. because I think Simo's opinion to this movie will be so different to ours, or maybe I could be wrong, but it, in the way that he, he will interpret it, and I, I, maybe we'll follow that up in a later pod. Yeah. Um, I, I know you weren't overly keen on the montage, and yeah, I'm, I'm not overly fussed by it. But just seeing Superman saving people was yeah, they great. had they had to do that. I, think, I would have, again, uh, like you say, I would have liked the whole did you the whole saving in, sequence. But the, the um, I was like, did you think it fed into the trailers? Like we looked at shots in the trailers, and we saw it's like you know, there's these team of Superman um, uh, soldiers. And then we've got all like the dead, like from the Day of the Dead, kind yeah, of thing, yeah. all of this stuff. It was all kind of in the trailer. We're thinking, "Wow, Superman like taken over." You know, there was it was suggested in one way, and then the actual reality of what what they then presented to you. Because yeah. I got really like flying bugs. What was? What, yeah, what, yeah. What, what the hell? Um, the the the. the Great, we got to spend a million quid to spend on a budget. What can we do? I know. Let's put some flying people in it. The Day of the Dead stuff. I really liked that. That uh, yeah, that that was the first part of the montage, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, he saw it on the thing, saw it on the on the TV screen. You see him on, start to undo his tie. Yeah. He's you know he's he's going to That's my good. question that I brought up last time. Is he going to wear his suit under his clothes? And, yeah, 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 yeah. He does that. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, the logistics of how he fits his cape under just a kind of Ben Sherman shirt. Um, <laughs> but the yeah the day of the dead stuff that's you know if you want to go deep into it it's is he questioning what he's doing still because he kind of looks away from them and it's just well I think he feels a little uncomfortable everyone sort of bowing to him almost as yeah. if he's as if he's a god because he doesn't feel like a god he just wants to be able to help people and yeah that's all weighing on his mind from everything that's sort of geared up before that so um. What do we think of the relationship then between Batman and Superman? Because they didn't have a lot of screen time together talking, but I thought that after the initial fight and when Batman agrees to help him and he comes up the line, I promise you Martha will not die today. Yeah, that was good. From that moment on. And then just, okay, they were in the trailer, but those couple of little quips Mm. um, in the big fight scene, the, the, the one they didn't include in the trailer, was um, Superman saying to him, have you managed to find out, or find the staff, the kryptonite staff? Yeah. And he's like, I've been a little busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of back to forwards between them. You can see that. I can see I can see them having a, a very good dynamic on screen if they get that opportunity. I don't, I don't know how they're going to exactly. play that's it for a Justice then. League film, yeah. But I think, yeah, it's going to be Batman being more the leader of the Justice League yes. now. The bits that shined, especially, I don't know if they were using the trailer and things, but I, I really thought that the humour of, the, of their relationship and the dynamism or the kind of quirkiness to it, of yeah. like, you know, the, the, the playboy with the, with the boy scale, I really think that maybe if they, they tried to bring that more into it, I mean, they couldn't do it here because the whole, you know, the whole point of the protagonist, them being protagonists of each other, but the whole, mm. you know, if they could play that off and try and make the role slightly warmer to bring it out of the dark. So it's bleeding out at the moment. We, we've had the darkness, the kind of hangover from the Batman, the Nolan trilogy into Man of Steel, which is slowly starting to seep away in this movie. And I would hope 
not that he goes the full on what was Batman Forever who drew oh uh, god Joel Schumacher yeah, not, no. we might not go full Schumacher but I'm just saying we went you know we started to go a little bit more colourful into like the marvel type style mm. I think we'd get there but I really think if they could play off that which is why I said about Public Enemies is a great one because it just it's basically that plays off the whole thing of their relationship of yeah. the, and the jokes and the, you know oh, the one yeah. super serious or one off thing to solve a problem this way while the other does this and they surprise each other I, I think Batman and Superman is still going to remain serious but your your entering into that sort of territory is going to be the Flash I think he's going to be the quippy young kid because in the, in the uh, comics and some of the animated movies they've done it's the Flash ripping the crap out of Batman. There's one, um, I think it might be Flashpoint, um, where he's saying lots of stuff. Like, he meets Batman for the first time. He's like, so you don't have any powers? What have you got then? <laughs> yeah. got lots of money and gadgets and stuff. He goes, so what are you going to bring to the table kind of thing? He's ripping the crap out of Batman all the time. So I think the Flash, whether or not they're going to go with any Green Lantern There wasn't stuff, even a glimpse there of him on this, was there? Any Hal Jordan... Or um, they're saving for a sequel. What's the uh, other guy, uh, John Stewart? Oh, Martian Manhunter. Um, oh, oh no, 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 sorry, John Stewart as in uh, Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, See, Martian Manhunter's locked into Supergirl now, isn't it? They, uh, no, well, no, that would be. Yeah. Well, uh, those, they could still make a movie version if they decide maybe to go with um, Guardians of the Galaxy kind of yeah. territory and Martian Manhunter and Hal Jordan could work together in space. Yeah. Well, you got, you got, yeah, you got hints of other things coming from space, haven't you? You know, like, you know, yeah, gearing it towards possibly Brainiac or something Dark, like that. Dark side or Brainiac, or Dark Seed, yeah. I think, um, with what he was saying, because Lex was saying the message has already been sent to the darkness, kind of the darkness is coming, kind of thing, at the end when he's talking to Batman. Mm. He said, we've already sent the message. So that's kind of teasing that he's been kind of doing something. Yeah. And um, just popping my head as well, going back to those videos of all the other Justice League members, yeah. That's now in the hands of Batman, so that's his contingency plan, do you think? Because he always has all the information about all the members in case he needs to take them down or anything like yes. that. So he's now got all the, the skinny on everyone. Mm. Um, so he can then put things into place. Like he's already got his contingency plan for Superman, although there's <laughs> a bit where um, Alfred's kind of like, well, you've used up all the kryptonite trying to kill him, so you've got to stuff yourself <laughs> yeah. now. You've got none left, you kill it. I, d- I did love Jeremy Irons as Alfred. Yeah, he's yeah it, even silly things like him pottering on the Batmobile and fixing it and stuff. He's proper hands-on. and it, they, they didn't really go for that, which I was afraid of, the Sean Pertwee kind of Gotham Alfred, yeah. uh, the ex-military guy or anything like that. I, I really like, And he wasn't too soft either. He wasn't the Michael Caine no. Alfred. I found you master Wayne kind of thing. No, you just put yourself together, that sort of thing. You just seem more worn down. Hmm. Like, I'm too, too old for all of this. Yeah, yeah, it was. Well, that time. He did have the bit where um, he goes back to the next end. Uh, there's no point. You're not going to have a child, are you? That's a bickering old mum, which says you. Why do I have a child? He's just Bruce Wayne's like, I, I, need, I need the suit. And he's like, look, I'll be honest, Batman's failed six times in a row to get anything. Bruce Wayne, first go, he gets all the information he needs. Yeah. That's telling you something, isn't it? Kind of, like, he doesn't want him to put the suit on. No. But, um... What do you think the the way Batman looks a suit? Happy with the suit? Oh yeah, it's it's the best looking Batman. He looked awesome in that first scene where he's just in the corner, up in the corner, hanging there. I was like, that, that's and how he got out of the room yeah, as well. That was quality. Mm. As I said, best Batman by far. Mm. So um, I think that's probably gonna wrap it up. Unless anyone else has got any last last words, so maybe go see the movie. Yeah, last uh, last snippet opinions. 
I said, like I said, I'm glad I watched it. I don't think I'll go and watch it again, but I'm not as invested in it as you two. I'm you glad, I'm glad, I'm glad I watched it. Are you intrigued maybe to see this extra half an hour on the Blu-ray? I dare say, if, I, I, I'm not going to actively go out and buy it, but if it's made available to me at some point, yes, I'll probably watch it to see. Any idea? Okay, we'll, we'll, last, we'll wrap up with this. We'll take some, put some punts down of what do you think the last half hour is going to be? Do you think there's any way that anything got cut? Maybe extra Superman scenes? I think might have hit the cutting room floor. I'd like there to be more Superman scenes. A few more, like a decent saving sequence would I, have been... I wouldn't be surprised if it's mostly... But I think it's going to be fight, mostly fighting. fighting and also cut. a lot of subplot, which I mean, there's lots of... Everybody, every character had their own subplot to an extent, so I think there'll probably be a little more emphasis in each area and they just made the choice to go, well, we'll trim this down and trim this down a bit yeah, more. I think and then they, in the end, they, like with Wonder Woman 1, I think they just gave up telling us what she was looking for. I think there could be more stuff with Martha Kent because she was just a tool in this movie. Yeah. Really. She had a line of, like, you don't owe anyone No offence. Um, but, yeah, she, she, she was just a kind of bridging device. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing... Uh, if the movie's any different with that extra half an hour, or if it just does just drag it out a bit too much. Okay. Yeah, but overall, I, I bloody loved it. I'm so happy, so relieved afterwards, mm. um, and especially with the Doomsday bit. Uh, also, with the Doomsday, it was nice when the bones started yeah. packing out, and yeah. it became more Doomsday. Um, overall, yeah, brilliant. Go and watch it. I'm gonna go. We're both gonna go and see it again in a couple of days' time. Hell's yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, so yeah, that's the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah, sorry, it wasn't. It's a, it was very serious this time. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a step from the norm of what we uh, usually do, but we'll be back to our regular drunkest up antics soon. Um, if you've seen BVS, you should have if you've been listening to this. So uh, just let us know what you think. If you thought it was good, bad, if we've missed anything out, give us a shout. Um, we're going to try and avoid talking about too much BVS in the future. Now I think we've. Uh, this is kind of. You're all clear, a, kid. This is bringing it to a close. So, um, we've taken out penicillin. The STI of BBS is going to be out of our system. It's a, Rejoice. <laughs> we'll find something else to talk about in every podcast. We've been... The Justice League movie. Even outside of the podcast. three years. Just yeah. going for God's sake. We've been talking about this for three years. So, yeah, it's, um, it's nice to finally uh, put that to bed. And now we can just panic about the Wonder Woman movie. No, I'm not panicked movie. about that. The Justice League movies, and we'll bore you the tits off you with stuff about that. So we'll get a Rogue One trailer soon, and then we'll start choosing over that. So we finish our soft drinks. Our Justice League are out of the building. So from me, your host Wyatt, it's goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> from Chris, goodbye. Later. And from Ben. <laughs> it was not paying attention. <laughs> at least get a goodbye (laughs) (laughs) and you'll be glad to know it's goodbye from Ben as well so long farewell and we the same we shall see you on the next pod soon laters spoil it fuck off (laughs) eat my justice dick eat my justice (laughs) eat my justice Friday Night Beer Club Podcast.